0: Sit back and brace yourself. This is going to be one of the weirdest ones you've ever heard. This is Psychotherapy with Jet Dunlap. Today, I started the episode simply feeling sad. And I said, I'm going to talk through this to the people who listen to this. And that is exactly what I did. At the beginning of this, I'm far sadder than I am at the end. But I'm trusting you and I'm trusting the process and the people I value that this will do some good. But I have no idea what to say about this episode. Other than the fact that it is episode 15... And it is zany, crazy nuts. And uh, I am Jet Dunlap. Here it goes. Good luck and enjoy. So I've spoken about how I went to it's 14 or 16 years of therapy through my mentor, one of my many mentors, Steve Nelson, Dr. Steve Nelson. And I talk about that right now because I've found myself today and yesterday, just when I started doing this, I talked about the difference between sadness and depression. And I'll run through that again. It was one of the things that got me into this show because of an interview I did. Sadness. Sadness is something we all feel. Sadness is when you're a kid and you drop your ice cream cone on the ground. Probably one of the saddest things that any of us could experience. And it actually happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to you too. It's like, what? My ice cream was taken away from me by gravity? How dare you? That is conditional. So sadness, uh, you don't get what you want. You had a bad day at work. That's sadness. Depression is a perpetual state of that. I wake up in the morning and I feel like I dropped my ice cream cone. And I didn't because I don't wake up with an ice cream cone. I guess maybe if I did, that might even be able to cure sadness, but then, or depression, but then I would be out of shape and I'd be sad again. So that's my easy definition. And that's one of the things I said in the interview that was the catalyst for this podcast and has seemed to resonate with people. So now that we have that out of the way, yesterday, walking around my property. We're always doing some kind of maintenance. I mean, I think it was like raking leaves and getting ready for a camping trip. So we're cleaning up our trailer, getting our car ready. And I'm just overwhelmed by it. I'm just sad. I just feel depressed. It just comes over me like a wave. And it's always kind of present, but sometimes I can relegate it to the background. At this point, it was yelling on my face. It's like, hey, listen up. Here's depression. It's here. Well, I just said that here we are, pay attention to us. That's what depression says. And I want to keep going. Like, I want to work out. I want to figure out a way to exercise. it. Like today, it's the same thing. I feel sick. Maybe I have a cold. Maybe it's not depression. That's really hard, by the way, to tell the difference. I'm asymptomatic. I don't have anything that tells me I have a cold, but I I'm the same way. I just feel really sad. (laughs) And that's why I'm talking to you as I Have mentioned that I I want to make you sad so we can be sad together. That's the opposite. I'm trying to get to the bottom of this and crack this depression thing, which is laughable. Um, Coping with it's the goal. Living beyond it. I have low energy and all I can think about is how much I want to work out because working out for me usually and exhausting those endorphins and giving my body that release makes me feel better. And so I crave that, but I'm too weak physically due to my emotional state to do that. And so it's it's not often this happens. I'm usually able to cope with my depression through the myriad of different tools that I've acquired over my over my relationship with it since I've been, was in talk therapy since I was 17. But today I'm really just up against it. I don't really know how to, how to fight it because I don't have the energy to do the things I usually like to so of course you know obviously I'm doing this there is nothing more obvious that has ever been stated than I am doing a thing that I'm currently doing so try and stay moment focused here but I did want to talk to you when it's acute because it weakens my brain and then it weakens my physical state and then I'm sad about the fact that I'm physically weak which makes me more depressed which makes me weaker And you see how it's just this uh creature that chases its own tail and then I know I'm going to be mad at myself for not working out today, and that'll affect my tomorrow, which is so lame. And then here's here's the other thing that happens, right? So the floodgates are now opened. So all of those creatures that have been held at bay are like, hey, guess what? Uh, you're going to be going out of town soon. You're going to be seeing your family this weekend. Get prepared for that. Start to have all the anxiety. Now, anxiety is best friends with depression. Those guys went to high school together. They're BFFs. They're in a relationship on Facebook, everything anxiety and depression are BFFs if you get nothing else from this and so all my insecurities attack when I let down this gate and so I have to try and become transparent to those feelings but not having complete mental and physical control right now because of my weakened state I have less of the tools if I start reading my head weasels which are Those thoughts that run in your brain in spite of efforts. That's what a head weasel is. Picture a weasel inside a small little cage and maybe it's got a weasel treat. I don't know what a weasel treat is, but uh, definitely don't picture a ferret because ferrets are illegal in California and uh, I don't even want thought ferrets. So a weasel. Are weasels and ferrets in the, well, obviously they're in the same family, but I have head weasels because that's cuter sounding. So that's the definition for them. So this is kind of cathartic, talking about it, but still it's tough. I just now am trying to like... I I went off for a second and I'm thinking like, how do I solve this? (laughs) Wow. Um, I know the people who don't fall victim to the clinical definition of depression, who may even have it if they never got diagnosed, or just have moments of this. You can have it when you're hungry, tired, or angry, right? So any of those you're in traffic and road rage someone pisses you off definitely not rare in southern california you can be put into a slump a big event's coming up i don't need to use examples you felt this you're human right so i know i can't stop so for me i can't just go okay we'll just lay and sleep i tried that i just laid in my bed fully awake saying sleep 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 and i couldn't Sometimes I do these shows and I'm just like trusting the fact that my stream of consciousness ends up resonating with people, but I'm like, what am I saying? It'd be more fun to watch paint dry right now than than listen to this goon. But here I am still talking. Should I go for a walk? What do you think? I remember this when I was in grade school too. It'd be that point where I'd just be staring around the room trying to count those dots in the ceiling tiles that classically in those schools or just start doodling trying to not feel feelings which alcohol was great for yeah can't do that anymore tried that and uh, complicated relationship again so no more of that and you know you're using a depressant not a word uh, to smother a depressant not my best analogy but I already told you I'm not in my best headspace so forgive me okay You're going to have to. I have the fundamentals ingrained in my DNA at this point so that I won't let myself completely be consumed by it, but I am externally dialoguing with this, and I didn't say monologuing. I said dialoguing because there is a voice in my head that I am responding to, the thinker and the listener, right? That classic idea of, do you ever talk to yourself? Right now, you're thinking, you, the listener, do I talk to myself? And obviously, the answer to that can only be yes, because you just asked yourself if you talk to yourself. Bravo. So, I'm trying to talk to the listener in my head saying, it's okay to feel this way. And then my listener says, you're a jerk. Go work out, you lazy bum. You no good. And there's a lot of vulgarity in this, because that's, that's how my talker talks. He's just a jerk. And he, a lot of his voice is my father, so let's go ahead and, you know, so uh, stop being such a wuss, you're, uh, you're, uh, not, you're, you're not sick, you're not unhealthy, you're not depressed. Depression is what uh, weak people define as sadness. Get out of this, walk it off, um, you're going to be fine. Uh, why are you depressed anyway? You have everything you'd ever want. You have a great life, you don't have to do anything, your wife is beautiful, get over it. And that's willpower. Sounds like a horse that Gene Autry drove. Drove? You don't drive horses. You ride horses, you drive cars. Now that's established. We can move on. Willpower is one of those things that as a man, I was really taught to be the only coping mechanism for feelings, right? So if you feel weak, you feel sad, don't cry. You loser, you lot of derogatory things that I don't want to go into. I want to keep this show as PG as possible so even kids can listen to it. I love cussing, by the way. I've mentioned this before. I love, love, love cussing. It's cathartic for me, but I have made great efforts not to do so in this show, because I want this to be able to be something that everyone can listen to. So, willpower as a man was that whole concept of walk it off, you can't feel feelings, you shouldn't think this way, you shouldn't be this way, a real man is tough, and I was that, and I still am that. Um, And I say that with pride, do you hear that? Here I am talking about feeling feelings, and I still have to explain to you, a person I'm not even meeting, or seeing, or doing anything with, that, hey, man, I'm still a man. Don't you question me, person that doesn't exist, that I see, that I don't see, um, that I see, huh? And I hope not. Because that is so ingrained in me, you know? You can't show emotion. I didn't cry when my grandfather died. I didn't cry when my friend died. Because there's still that thing on my shoulder, that little devil on my shoulder saying, man, don't cry. You can't. And I don't know that feeling that way or physically crying would be as cathartic for me as one would think, or is perceived in some psychology and also in movies. But I will tell you that, I'm not supposed to admit the things I just admitted to you. I know that. I know that for a fact. Men are definitely not supposed to talk about being depressed. That is not what guys do. You know, the strong, silent type. That is what you were taught. I used to envy my father when I was a kid because what I knew growing up was that my dad was someone that all the women thought were attractive. Wait, no, not were. That plural doesn't make sense. The women I know growing up that my aunts and people might say that he was the guy that... uh all the ladies liked. He was a you know star football player, really, really buff, um, and was silent. And that was a quality that <laughs> he possessed. And I remember there were certain guys in grade school and high school who were silent, and the girls paid attention to. And you know, uh, men wanted to be him. Men, wa- uh, men, <laughs> men wanted to be him. Men wanted him. Where did I go to school? My God, if you were listening to this over all the episodes, you would think this guy is clearly a closeted homosexual. I am not, as far as I know. If I wake up tomorrow gay, that's something I'll deal with. But right now, I've been living happily as heterosexual my whole life. But I do have a lot of those Freudian slips, man. And I also wear a Freudian slip. Freudian slips, sponsor of psychotherapy. Wow. And it's therapy. That's a whole thing. Anyway, men wanted... No. Damn it! Women wanted him. Men wanted to be him. And when I was in grade school and high school, I'm like, I want to be that guy. Which, my God... That is, that is the most insane thing I ever tried to be silent. My wife and I were coming back from her yoga class, as I mentioned yesterday, and we were getting in kind of an argument because I was telling her how she should be because I believe that I have the answer to everything. And, uh, and I'm wrong. So no, I can admit it. And so I thought I'm not going to talk to her because she's being mean and it was very hot outside. So there were a lot of reasons and she's not a mean person. If there's ever anyone mean in our relationship, it's me because I'm the dummy, and. uh that's not because she beats me. <laughs> not that that's funny. It's not. But um, so we're driving home and I'm like, I'm not going to talk to her. I'm going to do the old silent treatment, which ugh, it's like trying to get a dog to stop barking at a squirrel. It's impossible. I am the dog in this situation. And my words are squirrels. I, I, the silence was so palpable when we were driving. The lack of my voice was like a person had been removed from the car that is ever-present. So, becoming that stoic silent type in high school and grade school was not easy for me. But it's something I strived for because that was what was the ideal, that was was presented to me. Those were the cool guys, even in movies growing up. A talker who talks about his feelings openly, all that stuff, that just was no kind of man I grew up with. And long before it was cool to be this, I ended up being it because it was the only way I could cope with myself. So now god bless the millennials they have created an environment where it's okay to do that. I remember the first time someone said to me and I was talking about some abuses that existed in my childhood and I won't go deeply into that right now. But um and someone like celebrated me for talking about it openly and it was because there was a deep conversation that was going on late at night and there was probably a room of three or four people and they were all younger than me and I'm like and they're like wow I can you know good for you and I'm like good for me. I thought it was I thought it was a horrible thing to do that. Man, did I just go from all that comedy to talking about abuses in my childhood? Well, it's psychotherapy, so you're getting it. Whew. But I'm feeling better. And this is not the first time that I have illustrated. And that's what I try and do. I I try and illustrate instead of just trying to explain. What I have illustrated, and if you listen to the beginning of this, I don't know how long this is. I'm not going to try and look. I started out really sad and depressed and low energy. and Now listen to me. Why do I feel better? I'm talking about it. And I was even contemplating with my wife that there is a book that I will not write. I I hope I write it. I'm gonna use the secret. Secret! Help me write this secret. So, let's see if that works. Um, there's a book that I thought about writing, which is kind of self-therapy in the sense of talking to yourself, the speaker to the, to the receiver in the, you know, again, you think something in your head and then you either act on it or not. But the thing that has the ability to act on it or not is you. Almost self-therapy, right? And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm talking it out. If there's any lesson that I have illustrated, it is that the suppression of this emotion is toxic. And something that I learned at a very young age, even when it wasn't cool to be a person who talked about their feelings, I was that guy. Even if it got me into trouble, even if it got me in fights, I did it. I can't let that boil up. I had too much emotion as a kid to suppress. And if I tried to, I know I wouldn't be alive today. That's just straight up. So you need to share it with someone, someone you love, someone who loves you, or someone that you trust. And if you don't have that, a pet, you know, sometimes I talk to my dog, not usually about my deepest feelings, but I could if I wanted to. There is a catharsis in speaking it out loud that deflates its power, right? So, when I was talking to you this whole time about how I felt today, my brain was analyzing subconsciously the amount of falseness there was in my perception, right? And I say subconsciously, even though you're thinking, how would he know his subconscious? I'm assuming that because of my mood alteration, so, because I am continuing to speak on the matter and I feel better, my assumption is that something has triggered in my brain to understand that these feelings that I was laughing at, these thoughts that I was laughing at, are then diminished in their power and this whole thing started as just me having nothing to say but talking about how I've been sad um, <laughs> which is such a funny thing to to promote when I listen to these other podcasts, friends of mine who send me theirs or whatever, it sounds like these Local radio stations, right? Like a hip hop radio station talking about comedy and all this, like super high energy and talking about sex and talking about, I don't know, all this kind of very poppy. I don't know if you live in LA, Kiss FM, Power 106 stuff. I am definitely not that. (laughs) I am one guy, and I've said it before staring down the barrel of a microphone and acting as if it's a gun to my head and just speaking raw, telling you everything, you know. And the reason for that is this. From that first interview I did, if you want to listen to episode one, I recommend you do because I don't want to go into it right now because it would waste a lot of the time of the people who've been listening this consistently. But in episode one, I explain how I did a quick interview and how me being honest in that moment resonated with people in a way I'd never felt before. Their responses to that interview were so profound that I felt that I had a emotional obligation to do this kind of a show where I'm Raleigh honest. So that's what I've been doing. And this is I say this often, but this is going to be a weird podcast because I don't know what it's about, (laughs) but I trust that you will because I also believe, and I'm nodding my head, you can't see that, this is in video, I also believe that the right person will hear this episode and if I can ever diminish the pain and increase the joy, then it's worth it. And so for that, I thank you for listening to me. Today. Always a pleasure. I'm Jet Dunlap. Have a good one.